This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. All right, I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 18. I was preaching a message last Sunday morning, and we called it Spirited, and then I didn't finish. We got kind of caught up. So, guess what? We preached it Wednesday night, and I didn't finish. So this is now part number three of the Spirited message, okay? Part number three of the spirited message. So maybe to understand this, we have to figure out what this whole thing's about. So we started talking about the fact that Paul said, I can know things in the spirit that I don't, I, I'm not present in the flesh. There's a difference and distinction between my spirit life and my flesh life. And what we really need is for the spirit life to take over our flesh life. Can I get amen for that? We need God to help empower us to do things we can't on our own. And so we started talking about what God was going to do and how God was going to change lives. And, and, and then uh, we realized that the greatest thing that the Holy Spirit does is he helps us get past ourselves and walk in the victory of Christ. Most of the struggles you're dealing with really aren't struggles that you can't beat. They're just struggles that you think you can't beat. Let me say that again. There really aren't struggles you can't beat. They're just struggles that you think you can't beat. You've dealt with them so long that you don't think you can get past them. But can I tell you something today? There's power in the presence of the Holy Ghost. There's power in the presence of God that will enable you to overcome. And so we're talking about the power of the Spirit. But we found this as to be the main obstacle to walking in the life of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 reads like this. So we don't look, what was it you helped me with? We don't look at. You don't, we don't look. There, you're, you're slow, but you're worth waiting. One more time. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We don't look at where we are. We look through where we are to where we believe God wants us to be. And if you spend your life constantly adding up all the things around you that are wrong, how many of you know you're going to live a miserable life? You're going to live a life of defeat. You're going to live a life that God has not intended for you if you are constantly, I feel the Holy Spirit already today, if you're constantly looking at the problems, if you're constantly describing why you can't overcome, if the reason when somebody looks at you and says, well, the reason I, we want to invite you to do this or walk in this freedom, and you go, well, I can't because, then you're looking at the problems. See, the answer is not, I can't because. The answer is, through Christ, I can do all things. And so I have to look through, through Christ ahead. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but things we cannot see will last forever. So we started dealing with the fact that we are struggling with what's around us, and we've got to learn to see through that to what God has for us. And as we learn to see through that, but here's the problem. It's hard to see in a dark environment. 
Matthew 4, 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shone or shined. This is important. This is so, so, so important that you get this. That we live or sit in darkness. And the reason we don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is we like sitting in darkness. Really? Well, let me explain that to you. How many of you know the difference between a daylight bulb and a normal bulb? Have you ever put a daylight bulb somewhere you used to have a normal bulb, and then you realize that when the daylight bulb goes in, there's more blemishes than you knew about? And so if somebody's coming to the house, I'm like, honey, remind me to take the daylight bulb out and to put the, the more shaded bulb in because I don't want them to see the blemishes that are there. I know you would never want to hide any blemishes in your house. There is no one in this place who's ever bought a throw rug to throw over something before. <laughs> but you see, just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. But we love our darkness. I mean, it's not like you find your recliner and you place it in the brightest spot in the room. We don't. We find the spot that's comfortable, that's comforting, that's normally a little bit out of the, out of the bright light so that we can rest in that spot because we, watch this, love our darkness. We love the things that we have crawled into for so long that we find comfort in those sins. We find comfort in those things, and it's what, when we get angry, we run to. I'm preaching truth now. And so we dealt with that on Wednesday night, that because we love our darkness, we're struggling, and because we're struggling with that, we don't know what to do because we've lived there for so long, and then we realize something, that what we need is for our spirits to connect to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit because he enables me to do what I can't do on my own. And we walked through that, and these altars filled as people were touched by the power of the Holy Spirit, as God ministered to people who walked to these altars and said, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to empower me to do what I can't do on my own. And so for this morning, we're going to pick up in John chapter number 3, and in John chapter number 3, verse number 19 this morning, here's where we're going. It reads like this. And the, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but the people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. When we're having trouble walking in the power of the victory of the Holy Spirit, it normally is because we've been living in dark places for too long. And because of this, the judgment is coming because though the light shines, people want to stay in darkness. And you go, well, Pastor, I really don't understand what you mean by darkness. Let me explain that to you. There's some things in your life that can take your perfectly good day and make them dark. Like you get a message from that coworker that you never want to see. You just darkened your world. Someone dares question you. Or how about this one? You encounter somebody that you have resentment against. 
How about making your world dark? You don't like that person. You haven't forgiven that person. You're bitter toward that person. And all of a sudden, what happens? You run into them and you're, I mean, you could be, I hate to use this as an illustration and I'm not going to do it for you physically, but you could be having a Mary Poppins kind of day. Come on now. I just imagine Dick Van Dyke clicking his heels and you know what I'm saying, kind of day. But all of a sudden, you encounter that person that you have resentment toward and boom, darkness overcomes you. It pulls your mind to a dark place. Watch this. It pulls it back to old failures. Preaching truth. How about this? Rebellion always moves you to dark places. This is places of darkness in your heart. Or I don't need anybody else attitude. will always make you come to a dark place. One of the things that, that gets me is how many times that when you pass by a police officer and, and you want to know if you've got rebellion in your life, it's whether or not you start arguing even if they didn't start chasing you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Charlie just scared me to death to be riding down the road. And he, he goes, there's a policeman. And then he yells it real loud. I'm like, what? He goes, there's a policeman. I'm like, I'm looking down. I'm going, I'm five miles under the speed limit. We're safe. I said, as long as you're not walking in a place of rebellion, you don't have to be afraid of that. But when you are walking somewhere you shouldn't be, it'll pull you. Well, they better not dare stop me. You see, here's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with flesh trying to walk in the power of the Spirit. And the thing is, we don't really want to know what the truth is. We don't want to know spiritual truths. Why? Because... Spiritual truths always seem negative to us at first. Let me say that again. Spiritual truths always seem negative to us at first. Why is that? I'm glad you asked. Because our minds are made up, and we believe what we believe, and please don't confuse me by trying to teach me something different than what I believe. But spiritual truths always challenge our temporary realities. So we're not looking for something temporary. We're looking for something that will last you your whole life and beyond. This is so important. You see, we have to learn to look to see through to things that will last and not at the things that are crumbling around us. Our kingdom potential follows the acceptance of our natural love of darkness. Here's what I want you to understand. When we learn to look through instead of at, God starts changing who we are, and we start thinking differently. Our minds begin to be developed differently. You won't see yourself the same way you used to see yourself, and as you begin to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to find yourself respond to situations differently. When I learn to look through by the power of the Holy Spirit, something's at work inside of me called the victory that comes through the Word of Christ that's going to cause me to see a clear distinction between who I was and who God's calling me to be. Now, I'm going to read to you Hebrews 4 and 12, and I want to read it to you, and we're going to put it on the screen, but I want to read it to you from a paraphrased version that has a strong Greek overlay. And here in Hebrews 4 and 12, it says this, for the logos of God is a living thing. Okay, the word of God is a living thing, active, full of living power. It's a living thing. Say that with me, a living thing. 
It is active and full of living power. It's not dormant. It's acting. It's moving. It's changing. See, the Word of God wants to become active and moving and changing in your life. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking to you today. God's wanting to do something in you that you can't do on your own, and he's wanting to change who you are, and I'm about to get you where I wanted you to go, but watch this. It says, more cutting than any sword with two edges, making a difference or distinction between that which is soulish, mind, will, and emotion, and that which is spiritual, Penetrating the dividing line between the breath of life, the soul, and the human spirit. That the power of God's word is creating a division inside of you so that you can realize who you've always been is not who God's calling you to be. That you can realize that what's been acceptable for generations in your family is not what you're going to carry forward in the future generations of your family because there's become a dividing line by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, somebody listening to me today, and I feel it in my heart, you're going, I want to be free, I want to be free, but this is just how I am. And I want to tell you that that is a lie from the pits of hell. It's not just how you are. What matters is just whose you are. And if you become filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can learn to walk in the victory that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise? Amen. He says, I will help you overcome. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. You don't understand how how messed up I am. Let me tell you something. I, I'm sick of people coming to tell me I'm going into a 30-day rehab and I'm going to be free from these things that spent me 30 years or robbed me of 30 years of my life. Can I tell you, you will never overcome a 30-year problem in 30 days. But if you walk into the power of the Holy Spirit, let me say this again. If you learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome more in 30 seconds in the presence of the Holy Spirit than you can overcome in 30 days or 30 years. Why? Because he says, I'm going to cut a dividing line in your life. And if you'll step over to my ways, you will walk in freedom. Amen. But Pastor Don, you don't, you don't understand. My family's had this issue forever. Well, stop. Stop it. Let it end with your generation. Well, Pastor, we're just genetically programmed that way. Well, we found out down in Florida just a few weeks ago when somebody walked in genetically programmed with the genome that would produce certain cancers in their body that when the Holy Spirit touched them, they went to the doctor and the doctor said, not only is your cancer gone, but your genetics have completely changed. You no longer have the BRCA gene. God can change you supernaturally. This is important. You've got to begin to walk in the victory that comes through Christ. And it's never, can we just say it this way? It's never going to be done the way you want it to be done. Because, you know what, if God would just get with the program, we could get where I want to go. <laughs> Thank God he takes us where he wants us to go and not where we want to go. I'm really trying to behave today. I've got so much to teach you, but I'm afraid we're going to end up with a fourth sermon. You see, when we follow that living word into a living mind, that means that the kingdom word of God is working inside of us, and it's going to begin to become something that becomes second nature to us to live on the other side of the division. 
You see, we used to become second nature. When I got, when this happened, it pushed every button and I did this. When I began to walk in the power of the Spirit, before long, what begins to happen is this becomes unconscious obedience. In other words, I've walked in the new way of the Spirit so long that when I look back at how I used to respond, I realize something. That doesn't make sense to me anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I don't fit in that mold anymore. Why? I, I love this. I love the truth of that. You know that scripture, and I know that many of you are going to resist this, but that scripture that says the anointing of the Lord breaks the yoke of bondage of sin, what that scripture actually is interpreted says that God will make you so fat you can't wear those clothes anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in other words, my goodness, I just got to preach for a moment on that, can't I? In other words, when I go back to my old garments of sin and I try to put that old mess on me, I'm not able to get back into who I was back then anymore. I might not look like I looked anymore. Why? Because I have grown stronger by the power of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God has changed me so radically that I don't respond the way I used to respond. Can I tell you what I, I just felt leaping my spirit? If you'll catch what I'm trying to say, it'll change your marriage. Because you'll stop going back to the same old fights. Will you still have disagreements? Well, I'll start preaching about how not to have disagreements when Christine and I stop having disagreements. <laughs> but until I get there, I fear they're here to stay. <laughs> but listen to me. We don't fight over what we used to fight over. And now we're asking God. As a matter of fact, the other day, I mean, if you remember, she and I did a teaching a few Wednesday nights ago, and, and uh, we, it was on how to have a clean fight. And we kind of laughed at the curriculum about it. it was, we had to kind of, you know, change that. And the other day we were riding along together, and I said, uh, excuse me. So you remember that silly curriculum? She said, yeah. I said, <clears throat> I need to have a clean fight with you. <laughs> and we act, it actually worked. I was like, wow, I've had a fight with you, and I'm not bloody afterwards. Come on now, amen. God is good. And honey, if you're watching on, online, I love you, and, and, and you won, and you're awesome. Listen to me. God's good. <laughs> Amen. But I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. When you begin to walk in the light, you're going to realize something. You're going to realize how you love. Are you an eros or an agape love? Eros, that's self-love. I, I don't really feel like I need to preach on loving yourself because well, you say, well, I don't love myself, I hate myself. Well, that's a form of loving yourself. Loving yourself means you think of yourself first. But agape is an unconditional love, an unconditional love for others. But the problem with that is, without the Holy Spirit, that's really impossible. Unconditional love doesn't make sense to most of us, because most people we know love us as long as they agree with us. And a lot of people, watch this, are throwing bear traps out in front of us just waiting for us to step in them so they can say, see, we knew you weren't real anyways. Yes. 
But unconditional love that's brought by the Holy Spirit's not looking for you to let them down. As a matter of fact, love keeps no record of wrongs. Several, several weeks ago, someone and I had a disagreement. And I actually had, in this disagreement, I had, I had facts that they didn't know I had. And it was, it basically was the, 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 the card that would have solved everything. And I went to print those facts out. And as I went to print those facts out, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and just, we're just going to nip this off right here. Boom. It's going to be over. And as I went to print that off, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, love keeps no record of wrongs. I said, but without this, they think they're right. And I had to choose, am I going to love or am I going to love myself? So I refused to print it. I I just feel like I need to give you the illustration I've given all morning about this. Probably, if you've ever been to a a visit in prison, there's a certain order of things you do. You, you, You have to take a certain amount of money with you because they're most of the time hungry and you... You have to feed them because on the weekends when you're allowed to visit, they don't get three meals and, and these kind of things. And so it's, it's, it's different. And, uh, so you're sitting there, you got this bag of quarters in front of you, waiting for your person to come in. And so you're just kind of watching the room. I'm sitting in the, the, the waiting room and, and you have to, all the guests have to sit on this side. All the prisoners have to sit on this side. And, and, and it's not the kind with glass. I mean, you're just, you know, you're, it's open and, and all of a sudden, into the room walks this, this giant of a man. And he, you can just tell one thing wrong, and you're dead. How can I tell? Because every prisoner who was already in the room cowered in his presence and showed honor. Even the guards were apprehensive around this man. And they come walking in, he comes walking in, and everybody in the room's cowering except one little tiny older woman. And this big old monstrosity walks over, and everybody's like, except for her, and she stands up, and before they can tell her not to touch him, she puts her hand up, and he puts his face down in her hands. And it's Mama. Unconditional love is the result of a spirit-filled life. Because I want you to listen to me very carefully. That woman did not see that monster. She saw the way God saw him as her child and his child. In case you haven't figured it out, your children will spit on you. They will kick you. They will scratch you. They will do other things on you, and that's all the first year of life. <laughs> and then it only gets worse. Because then they're going to borrow money from you, and they're going to pay you back by Friday. And as of right now, it's been 342 days, and <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's not going, they're going to hurt you. But because they're your children, you love them unconditionally. Do you know one of the greatest signs of a spirit-filled life? You listen to what I'm about to tell you. 
Even in your marriage and in your home, you stop throwing up the failures of the past. You stop beating each other down with struggles. And you start loving. And do you know how I said, many of you are like, that's right, I got people in my life, they throw bear traps out at me. Guess what? You might want to take your bear traps up and put them away. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 is where I really wanted us to get to today. And unfortunately for you, we will have part four. But let me finish with this today. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 8. And this is important. I'm going to show you theologians something you've never seen before. Here we go. You ready for this? You gave them authority over what? All things. All things. I don't even want those watching to join with us in this. I don't care if you're all by yourself. Join with us. They, you gave them authority over what? All, all things. things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. Okay? There is nothing in front of you that you're looking at that you don't have authority over to see through. Amen. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. I mean, can I translate this for you? You've been given authority over all things, but you've not yet begun to live in that authority. You're still loving your darkness enough that some things still control you. And just because you're saved doesn't make you perfect. It means you're on a journey being changed from glory to glory. It's accomplished by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Most people love this part of the verse. All things are under your authority. We see all things and nothing is left out. But we're not walking in it yet, okay? We, but we've got all authority. And, and then we read it like this. Verse number nine. It says, what, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because and stop there for a minute. And then it tells us why we're given all authority is because of what Jesus did. But here's the part I, I, I'm challenging you that I don't think most of us have ever seen before. We read it like this. What do we see is Jesus who for a little while, but that's not how it's written. What we see is Jesus, and what's, what's the, what follows Jesus? Comma. What we see is Jesus. In fact, if you've got a pen in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that statement. What we see is Jesus. We've been given all authority because of the work of Jesus how are we going to walk in all authority because of what Jesus has done for us when what we see is Jesus? If I'm looking at the problem, if I'm looking at my failure, if I'm looking at my struggle, if I'm looking at my defeat, if I'm looking at everything that's happening in the world around me, I've lost sight of what really matters. I've lost sight of Jesus. And when I lose sight of Jesus, I lose sight of the fact that he's already bought for me with a heavy price the ability to walk in victory over everything in my life. Why? Because I'm too worried about where I am and I'm not looking through it to a better thing that is ahead. Watch this now. To the better thing. What did it say? I, don't, I look at temporary things that are all going to pass away. I don't care how bad it is. It will pass away. 
away. It will change. But instead, I need to learn to look through to things that will last forever. And can I tell you, though heaven and earth may pass away, not even one ounce of his word will pass away. And who is the word? The word dwelt among us and became flesh, and his name is... Jesus. What do you need to see? Jesus. How are you going to overcome all the struggles and depression and discouragement and anxieties of this world? His name is what? Jesus. You've got to learn to look to Jesus. And when you learn to look to Jesus, everything changes. For God from whom all things, or from whom and through whom everything, verse 10, was made, chose to bring many children into glory. This passage is so amazing. All things under your authority because of the work of Jesus. And here's what's waiting for you when you weren't learned to work in the authority of Christ. You find glory. Glory awaits for you going, oh, no, no, all glory be unto God. No, 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 you missed the, all throughout the scripture. It says we are partakers in his glory. We have become joint heirs with Christ Jesus. All throughout the scripture is telling me that if I can just overcome what's in front of me and learn to see what's ahead of me and what's ahead of me needs to be Jesus and learn to see Jesus in spite of what's in front of me and I keep my eyes on Jesus that there's a glory awaiting for me that when I come to the gates of heaven I don't come to closed gates but because a son or daughter of the most high king has arrived the gates are open the sounds of, of, of glory are beginning to sound and the cupboards of heaven are thrown open wide and anything that I need anything that I desire from God becomes mine because I'm a joint heir with Jesus Jesus Christ, who is seated with him in high places, and I don't have to try to win here anymore as long as I'm playing to win there. Because if you're too busy trying to win here, you will never win there. But the problem is, is your coordinates on Jesus. So a friend of mine had a new GPS and he's like, help me set this, set my home. Help me set the address to my home. Do you know what your address to your home spiritually needs to be? Jesus. If you can't act like Jesus, you're not headed the right direction. If you can't respond like Jesus, you're not responding correctly. If you can't find Jesus, odds are you're off course and lost in high weeds, if I can steal a southern phrase there for just a moment. You're lost in high weeds, and you need to find a way to get back on course, and I can tell you what you need to do. Lift up your eyes. Look to the hills from which cometh your help. Look into the Lord, because he wants to do something in you that helps you find the right course. And the right course is Jesus. Somebody shared a, an intimate testimony with me recently. And horrible, horrible assault. Horrible attack upon this person. And they shared with me the results of that attack. And they shared with me how with all that was within them. I mean, I mean, just, just they, were, they were assaulted, left for dead. And with everything that was in them, they wanted to hate this person. And they hated them. 
But it kept pulling them back to the darkness. It kept pulling them back to the darkness. And one day they realized, I'm allowing the assault to continue because I'm living in the darkness. And they said, I choose the light. I choose the light. When you get into situations you don't know what to do, choose the light. And the light is Jesus. Jesus. You don't know what else to do. Call on Jesus. I want you to bow your heads with me in this place. Every service is somehow distinctly different. But I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this one is totally different than all the others. Maybe you're watching and you need this, this statement I'm about to make. It's also for somebody that's here. I believe it's for many people in this room. I believe that somebody, the darkness, has been trying to overtake you. It's been trying to overwhelm you. And now, you want to confess that. And you want to ask God to help you look past it to the light of Jesus Christ. If the darkness of the whatever you're at is, whatever you're facing, has been trying to overcome you and is pulling at your mind, I want to see your hand. Just be honest with me right where you are. If you're watching, type in something there. Let, let them know. Let them know that I want the light. Type that in. I want the light. I want the light. I want the light. Oh, hands all over this place. So many hands, there's no way we could pray for every single one of you today. But I just, I just, I want everyone that would join with these uplifted hands to lift their hands toward heaven for just a moment. God, we follow the symbol of the day of Pentecost. When, when the day of Pentecost had fully arrived, that, that, that because of our Jewish understanding, we understand that means the law had been completely read and they joined what we're doing now. They threw their hands toward heaven and they said, we cannot do this on our own. It was with that prayer that all of a sudden there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind and you filled the house in which they were sitting and tongues of fire fell upon them all and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, you see every hand. Lord, there's broken people in this room. I can see it. Some are, some are overwhelmed right now with the, with the darkness that's trying to pull them under. And I see it upon them. Some are being physically affected in this room right now, God. And Lord, many that are watching, but I feel this. Lord, with our hands lifted up, we're going to pray that simple prayer. And I'm asking you, Lord, give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because, ready, help me now, we can't do this on our own. Help me pray that again. We can't do this on our own. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill us with your power. We wait on the promise. Fill us. Fill us. I feel right now something's breaking off somebody right now. There's an anointing that begin to break something right now. Come on, pray it again if you need to. But Lord, we can't do this on our own. And there's victory that's coming. Somebody this day is going to mark the day. This 15th day is going to mark the moment. Mark the time. My goodness, that your freedom begins to come. Say it again if you need to. We can't do it on our own. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, Father. Victory comes in Jesus' mighty name. 
Father, you see everyone in this room that doesn't know you. Lord, I thank you. This is the moment. Put your hands down if you would in this place. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I, I've never prayed with you. I've not recommitted my life recently, but, I, but today I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Maybe you're watching. You can say, that's me. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Do you want to know Jesus as your Savior? If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are. I want to pray with you. Today's the day you want to give. You're going to hold it up high. Hold it up high so I can see it. Thank you. Are there others? Are there others? We're going to pray with this one. Are there others today, right now? I'm not embarrassing them. I'm not embarrassing you. This is it. This is your moment. This is what you came to God's house for. Time to encounter God. You can't do it on your own. All right. Let's pray with this one today. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You see my life, the good and the bad. I repent of my sins. I give it all to you. And in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Lord, I thank you that they are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.